0: Dudes and dudettes, Michelangelo here just to tell you that you are listening to the Points of Interest podcast.
1: Bodacious Cowabunga! An elegant weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. That's
0: an elegant weapon but a more civilized age.
1: What's up? This is Vic Ruggiero from the Slackers, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon.
0: nuts. So, me being the asshole that I am, I'm just going, Oh my God! The ball went through the hoop! The ball went through the hoop! <laughs> going, You're not at the arena. They can't fucking hear you. Knock it the fuck off. I want to enjoy my beer. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, I don't know. Um, college sports in America, it's a huge deal, eh? It's big deal. Yeah, business.
0: it is. Oh, by the way, I'm Derek with Drunk on Comics, so... uh,
1: Oh, are we just going ahead and... uh, All right, cool.
0: I I figure that's pretty much how you roll. I know you record right from the start.
1: (laughs) Pretty much. um, Yeah, that's what we're doing, kids. In this case, we're we're sitting with a very, very happy, smiley, jovial Derek from Drunk on Comics.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was a good night, you know? Uh, Beer and dinner with my dad and then the hockey game and, uh, you know quick stop back at uh, my buddy's house to uh, refuel on another beer and uh, then head back out to the bar
1: nice what else do you need man that's uh, that's a perfect Saturday night you know
0: well you know a little comic book action wouldn't be bad
1: oh this is true well let's see if we can uh, fill that void in your evening shall we
0: oh absolutely what do you got on what do you got on tap
1: um I got I got more of uh, a Bic on flick
0: oh well wait Hold on, listeners, while he flicks his bick.
1: They give you the, the, the Avengers weed, the Hulk, the green,
0: <laughs> one big green bud. That's what the weeds call, Hulk. The Hulk, give him that green weed that you got in that bag right there. Marvel weed that's in the bag right there, the Hulk. The Hulk, <laughs> buy it. Get your prescription tomorrow for the Hulk. Not the dark green, Mm-mm. the
1: iridescent green. Rage machine, baby. Cheers, there you go.
0: Was that was that appropriate enough?
1: That was beautiful. <laughs> that think, was.
0: You'd think I might have listened to your podcast
1: once or twice. <laughs> just once or twice. So, oh, so you're the guy?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I am the guy. And actually, um, th- this is—I have no idea what you have for intended for this conversation. So I'm just going to run with whatever the fuck I want to talk with. But <laughs> uh, yeah, um, are you are you on Stitcher?
1: I am on Stitcher.
0: Yes. <laughs> okay, we just got on Stitcher. Okay, Their stats are terrible as far as, like, trying to read yeah. how many people are listening.
1: It's horrible um, for figuring that out, but then the stats you do find are the ones that hurt you, like, are the ones that, like, kind of get at your heart a little. Because the one stat you usually see right away is who's listened and when they've stopped. Yeah. So <laughs> you can see who's gotten through a full episode, but then you see, like, a bunch of people who tried it for five minutes and were like, nah. <laughs>
0: Well, okay, so so we put it up, and as soon as it was up, I listened to it, and it and I listened the entire way through on it, and it still doesn't show that I listened all the way through.
1: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah,
0: so, like, I mean, like, I, and I knew I was, like, the very first person, because I was, like, checking, like, every half hour, every day for, you know, a couple days till it went up, and then it, it, the next day, it's like, yeah, no one's listened. I'm like, what? And then yeah. it's like, yeah, one person listened, they listened for three minutes, and I'm like, no, that's not right. So yeah, I was a little, I was a little frustrated. But
1: Stitcher's anyways, weird that way. Yeah, when I when I first put up on Stitcher, uh, I've almost forgotten about it since, to be honest, because every time I've checked it, we don't get much traffic off there, and like you said, it's kind of hard to read. So I only ever put it on there because it's kind of the podcast thing to do, right? Like it's another nice platform to have your show on.
0: It, it's nice for the Android listeners. Yes. Uh, from from what I found, because I mean, we were on iTunes from day one. Mm-hmm. and we were on itunes and on our own website and that that worked out great but you know the android listeners are like going hey we you know we don't have can't don't can't use itunes what can you do and i'm like yeah, i don't know i mean i'm not a computer guy i'm a, I'm a comic book nerd you <laughs> <Yeah>. know <laughs> <laughs> like uh, so like people are like hey get on stitcher and i'm like what the fuck is stitcher <laughs> so, so
1: it's yeah, good for mobility there. too yeah
0: yeah we've been up there for a couple of weeks and it's been uh it's been good but yeah I'm, I'm watching highlights by the way of uh my detroit red wings uh destroying your toronto uh what, what are they
1: the the oak leaves the make the make me laughs oh that that's what <laughs> it, yeah.
0: although i i tease i got a lot of respect for the leaves uh, original six you can't go wrong
1: they actually had a really good beginning of the season they came out strong and they kind of stayed there but then the past little while uh you know they just fell apart uh goaltending problems and stuff and totally
0: well i, I can feel it on goaltending we got jimmy howard but anyway this is not a sports <laughs> talk not so, in uh,
1: any way yeah oh just disturbing in a way
0: so what are you reading right now man we, we haven't chatted comics in a while
1: um i haven't uh, been reading tons other than the the usual stuff going on uh like you know like your batmans and uh, i've been reading well i've really been digging the masters of the universe versus dc universe Tony's loving that, too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I, I, I read the first issue, but, like, I mean, my pull is so fucking big that I just, I'm like, I can't. I just, I really can't.
1: Mm-hmm, not here. And
0: it was interesting to me. Are you reading Saga?
1: Uh, I haven't kept up on it. It's something I know I need to catch up <laughs> on because it's, it's it's a good thing. I read, like, half of Volume 1. Dude,
0: Volume 3 just came out two weeks ago. So
1: what I saw was incredible. What I read was incredible. But like you said, like you say, I was just had a pull list too big at the time and, and whatever going on. But uh, yeah,
0: dude, saga is something you cannot miss.
1: They call it the star Wars of this generation. Like
0: it really is. That's what I'm hearing. Really, truly is. Now the other book that you should not be missing uh, as far as ongoing is afterlife with Archie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is uh, that's the weird Archie one, right? Like, uh yeah,
0: it's it's it, the the premise of the book. Now it's uh, it's written by, oh god, I hope I don't screw it up. Um, Roberto something Siqueza, okay. Aguirre Siqueza, Roberto Aguirre Siqueza, and it's drawn by uh Francisco Francovia. Yeah, yeah, and anybody that knows Francovia's art knows that it's just gorgeous and weird and creepy. Like he he does uh. It's the Black Beetle. Um, the Black Beetle or the Blue Beetle? I can't remember. I apologize. I'm terrible with these things sometimes.
1: <laughs> I believe it's but, Blue Beetle, but yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's 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 the pulp noir kind of you know thing. It's not right. the DC whatever that is. But
1: oh, okay, all right.
0: Yeah, so it it might be the Black Beetle. I've got I bought the trade and I was like, and I still haven't read it yet. Um, but his artwork is gorgeous, and it's it's basically it takes all the Archie characters, and what they do is they. Uh, are you familiar? How familiar are you with Archie?
1: Well, I'm pretty familiar with Archie, and I've also heard you guys talking about this a lot on the show because. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you've been talking about it. and It sounds like a crazy concept.
0: Yeah. So, so for people that have any kind of idea, you've got Jughead who has his dog called Hot Hot Dog, and Hot Dog gets hit in the road, and Jughead takes Hot Dog. Oh, spoiler warning, by the way.
1: <laughs> As always. Yeah. yeah.
0: Hot Dog <laughs> takes his dead dog to Sabrina the teenage witch to try and bring bring the dog back beautiful <laughs> well it's too far gone she and her aunts can't help but she decides you know what I got this book I think I can help meet me out here blah 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 well they bring hot dog back but hot dog isn't hot dog kind of pet cemetery like you know
1: yeah and frank and yeah
0: and hot dog bites Jughead and Jughead becomes the first zombie <laughs> and so the zombie outbreak happens in Riverdale but these are not it's not comical and cute like your normal Archie comic it's very real world setting and you're dealing with with actual real issues of like Betty and Veronica are both vying for Archie's uh, Archie's attention but yet it's not like that oh I like you oh I like you too like that cutesy no it's like You find out Archie's been been dipping his dick in both
1: sides. (laughs) That's such a weird concept because it's it's an interesting concept enough to take something like Archie and put it into zombie land. But to not have it comical is – that's the true original concept of it. You know what I mean? You figure it would be like – and in no way do I mean this as a negative – but when you think Archie and zombies, you'd almost think more fanboys versus zombies type. Right. Right? That, and
0: Yeah, the, the humor. There's no humor in this book. And I tell you what, the last issue that came out, I think was issue four, there's a scene in there where Archie goes home to try and, and, and find his parents. And he goes home and there's like – there there's flashbacks where they, they show him getting his dog Vegas as a puppy and he's a little kid. And – he goes home and dad's already gotten, uh, dad's already turned into a zombie. And so he goes home and he's able to rescue mom. But when he walks in, here's hot dog, the zombie dog and his dog, Vegas fights off hot dog. <laughs> and it is, dude, I welled up with tears. Really? <laughs> Cause there's like, little thought balloons for, for his dog Vegas going run master Archie. I love you run. You live. I'll, I'll die for you. <laughs> I, I mean, it is, <laughs> it is just heart wrenching. holy shit <laughs> And you're like, Oh my God. Cause like anybody that's has had a dog like, yes. Oh yeah. You know, you know what, like how much you love that dog and, and, and you see that love come back to you and they fucking Aguirre Siqueza wrote these words out that makes you just sit there and your heart breaks. And he ends up dying for his his master so that he can live, and then Archie has to bash his dad's brain uh, brains in with a baseball bat to save his <laughs> mom. And awesome. I mean, it's like it is. It's like the worst case scenario of every zombie apocalypse that you could imagine. But they bring heart to it like no other book can.
1: That's a, that's a beautiful idea, man. Okay, here's here's the list, kids. If uh, if you haven't heard Drunk on Comics, which I'm sure you will, and rectify that situation. Here's your need to reads as a fan of Drunk on Comics. All right, number one, there you go, Archie in the Afterlife. Okay, Afterlife with Archie. Afterlife with Archie. Okay. Yep. Number two, you got to read Fanboys versus Zombies. Okay, yes. an excellent book that these guys somehow weaseled their way into.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which, which, yeah, um, no, huge props to uh, to Jerry Gaylord, the art the artist on that. Uh, we we were lucky enough to um kind of just put the 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 bug in motor city comic con zero last year about them and they actually ended up bringing them out and it was awesome and it started where there was a a a convention exclusive variant for motor city of fanboys versus zombies number 13 and that's where we weaseled our way into getting drawn onto the cover that that was fantastic uh, yeah. But then, when the the series wrapped up with issue twenty, Jerry actually drew us in again with a little cameo, and that was, that was totally unknown. Like I knew that the cover was coming, I didn't know about this one, and uh, yeah, that was that was fantastic. I flipped a page and I was like, "Holy shit!"
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's really really fun, man. I had a small feeling of that. I wasn't into the into a comic book, but uh, good friends of ours. Uh, Gabe Smith uh, writes a book and Ryan Merrill. It's called uh, Human. Okay. And it's a graphic novel. They're working on volume two. But uh, the, I, he sent my he sent me a copy of the book, you know, and it's all signed. Thanks and blah blah blah. And then I get to the the end of the book and the last flip page that says uh, thanks to the Woo and an elegant weapon. And I was just not expecting that whatsoever. And just them putting that nice little thank you in there for having them on the show and supporting it. That was just like Look, our name's in a comic book. (laughs) Dude, you know, well, since day one, you know, like
0: our whole our whole motto has been to promote the comic book industry. For sure. As a whole. Whether it's small guy or big guy, doesn't matter. But we are here to promote. We are not here to tear down. And I think that's uh, – and, and you do very well at that with your podcast too. You talk about the stuff that you love. Yeah. Like you don't talk about the, the – it's so easy. And I, and I was looking through Stitcher because like now that now that we're on there, like I'm like, oh, well, hey, here's this, here's this. They're giving me all these recommendations. That's cool. And I'm like, oh, okay. okay. Um, and one of them that popped up is this guy that his whole gig – is to rip on what the worst things in the industry are, and I'm like, who the fuck wants to be your
1: friend? Yeah, who wants to hear that? I don't. That's just it's sad. It's it's so unnecessary. And uh, some people just get up, get their rocks off on weird shit. Some people just want to watch the world burn. The size of a tangerine. <laughs> but lastly, you also have to read Daredevil because you yes. make me want to read Daredevil like a summon a bitch.
0: Yeah and And if I tell you what, if if you just kind of want to get a little bit more of a what if kind of Daredevil, you really should read Daredevil End of Days. That, okay. that book, I could not sing the praises of this book uh, anymore. It was uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis and co-written by David Mack. David Mack did some painted pages in there, but the main pencils in that page in that book were done by Klaus Janssen. And then there were some other pages done by Bill Sienkiewicz, um, which, by the way, I did mention um, Motor City Comic Con here earlier. Uh, Bill Sienkiewicz is actually going to be at Motor City, so very nice. That's that's huge for me. Um, but the collaboration of the team on this—I mean, it, it really was the the ending to Bendis' story, Bendis and Max's story on on their Daredevil run, and it's. Set in this somewhat near future, and I'm not spoiling anything by saying this, but four pages in, Daredevil
1: dies.
0: (laughs) But it's an eight-issue miniseries. And you find out, like, by reading this, you'll learn more about Daredevil than any other thing that you can ever pick up. You just have to remember that everything that you're reading is in the past of this book, which is technically kind of the current now. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a little, little fuck-with-your-head time travel kind of okay, thing. Okay, so
1: how has it worked with Daredevil as far as, okay, Daredevil's a, a 60s, right? Daredevil first comes about? Yeah, Daredevil,
0: yeah, um, yeah I want to say 67-ish.
1: Okay, now does he hold just his own title for a couple decades or, like, how many kind of... Has there ever been like a reboot of Daredevil, or they just kind of kept him going sort of thing? You
0: know? No, actually, um, this is—they're now on volume four. Uh, okay. But volume volume one went to issue I think 380, and then volume two started, and then volume three started here a couple years ago with the uh, the the Mark Wade and Chris Samney run. And then they just started volume four. And the, the volume four, it's one of those Marvel now kind of things. You know, okay. it's an yeah. all new Marvel now, point now, X1. <laughs> Here, you
1: know, today, right now as we yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> we're,
0: it's, it's a Marvel now. We're going to put a number one on it so we can sell more issues.
1: Thing. <laughs>
0: now, it's, it, and the reason I say that, the creative team didn't change. So there's no reason to renumber it, but they're renumbering it because Daredevil is for the – well, there was a brief escapade, but uh, Daredevil has moved out of Hell's Kitchen in New York City, and he's now living in San Francisco.
1: Oh, okay. That's a pretty big change. So,
0: yeah, it, it's it's a big change in the story arc, but it's still the same creative team.
1: Because didn't still he get disbarred changed- as well? Yeah, he did. What, do you, what, what? did he get disbarred for?
0: Uh, because of the fact that he admitted that he was daredevil oh. and because he's an attorney who has sworn to uphold the law in every aspect by being a vigilante, he's breaking the law and they're like, basically the, the bar association more or less in, in, Wade's story said, we appreciate everything you you've done, but by law, you cannot be right. an attorney anymore. So he was disbarred in New York. However, he had practiced law in San Francisco at one time, so he's still technically All right. allowed to practice law there. Okay, little now
1: catch, little catch. I heard this on your episode when you had your lady lawyer friends on. Which that was so much fun. Oh, it was ridiculous fun. But the problem with it is you have to do it again because I have so many questions.
0: Okay, well then, then then any of your listeners or any of our listeners you, you want legal questions answered about superheroes, send them to us, because we, we will do a repeat performance
1: of that. It was amazing, because I do love how you, uh, you guys actually didn't take, well, I knew you'd take this kind of perspective, but you really dove into it, and you actually looked at superhero law as if the superhero universe existed. Like, you looked at law from within it, between the characters and their actions type thing.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's right. like, you, you know, if, if you if you want to be able to believe then it has to be realistic oh of course and and yeah you suspend certain amounts of disbelief here and there but at the same time if you want superheroes to be embedded in the real world you kind of have to go all right let's take a look at this how realistic is this because i think i think that's People go, well, yeah, a guy can fly. Oh, he's got he's got radar sense. Oh, he can shoot lasers out of his eyes. Oh, he can fart, you know,
1: fire rockets. and <laughs> can fart you know. thunder.
0: <laughs> yeah, whatever. And everybody's fine with that. But I'm always the guy going, why isn't he being arrested?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And
0: How is kind of, how's there you
1: know, a flyable suit? <laughs> I have, well, what also sprung to mind is I have a few questions that mm-hmm. I would also ask just about the industry itself. Well, you know, yeah. Like,
0: we we uh, we we had questions like that, but we never quite got around to them. What what questions in particular are you looking for?
1: Oh, I can't. I I'd have to actually formulate them more properly. But I remember listening and hearing when something would get talked about, and I'm still kind of curious how some stuff works, just uh, trademark wise, copy copyright wise, you know, between the companies and stuff like that. How there's so much. Like, how at times there can be so much animosity between two companies, yet it, and then at other times there's, like, crazy crossovers in print, you know?
0: Well, and, and actually, that a new one that has, has popped up was Marvel was trying to get Thor and Loki and Odin and all those characters trademarked for comic books. But the problem is, those are mythology
1: you can't yeah that's
0: that that's yeah. in the public realm
1: absolutely and,
0: and it, it's funny because it started right before going back to fanboys versus zombies loki ragnarok and roll written by eric m Escavel and drawn by our good buddy jerry gaylord it's a four issue miniseries from boom studios was about to hit stands they're like we have the rights to this No, well, no you have the right to that version of thor yeah but Thor is Thor.
1: Yeah. Loki
0: is Loki, which, by the way, um, anybody that isn't reading Loki, Ragnarok and Roll, it's a four-issue miniseries from Boom Studios, go pick it up. That book is fun as shit.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, it's like, it's silly, it's cool, but God, is that introspective. Oh, yeah? Like, you wouldn't expect it from a fun book like that. It's uh, it's it's one of those books where, and I actually was... was so moved by issue two where i reviewed issue one on my podcast with my buddies but we try and change up the books that we talk about so you're not talking about the same book every month when it comes out issue two i was so moved i'm like shit i'm not gonna be able to talk about it on the podcast i actually wrote a review i don't i don't write reviews
1: you were that into it yeah i'm a
0: podcaster (laughs) i'm lazy i talk about
1: shit yeah
0: and and i sat there and i went like fuck i'm like I got to talk about this because the dialogue written by Esquivel in that book, I swear to God, it's the conversations that you wish you could have with your friends. It's – you you imagine these conversations before you have them. You're like, I would say this and this and this and this and this and this, and that's exactly what, what he wrote. Even though when you, you say it, I'll be like, I like pizza and puppies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like,
0: fuck. You know? <laughs> but no, it's so, so good. But anyway, to come back full circle, yeah, Marvel was trying to trademark that shit. It's questionable as to whether or not it had to do anything with this Boom Studios book that was coming out, but the timing was kind of awkward.
1: Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah.
0: So yeah. So that was uh that that's that's another good one for people to read out there too.
1: It's a strange world we live in now, especially with these cinematic universes all existing, and who would have ever thought we'd get to a point where A, it'd be this big, but it'd be this fractured as well. And it's so strange to think of a fractured Marvel universe, but you have to live with a, a world within the Avengers where mutants don't exist. When I, I was watching, I caught up the other day on agents of shield, which did improve. I do you know, think that show has improved. Uh,
0: I'm a, I'm a couple episodes behind only because, and I know this is going to sound like blasphemy coming from the, uh, the, 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 comic book guy, but I'm a comic book guy, not necessarily the, the movie and TV comic oh, book yeah. Comic guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm addicted to this little show called The Voice.
1: Yeah, and, my so my
0: girl. Yeah. yeah. And it conflicts with uh, it conflicts with, with Agents of Shield. So <laughs> I'll get caught up later. You know. Yeah. Um, but no, what I here, here's the thing with with Agents of Shield. It's a solid show. However, if it was not Marvel, I wouldn't watch it. Yeah, yeah. That's me being 100% honest.
1: I hear uh-huh. you. No, it, it. You've got a totally valid point there. That's kind of keeps me interested. Which is why it was weird when I heard Agent Coulson start talking about how uh, telekinetics and stuff, it isn't real. How it doesn't exist. And there's no such thing as like, you know, psycho stuff. And I was just like, that's just weird to hear, because it would be such an accepted thing in in the in the comic book universe, you know. Well, of course, there's mutants course there's people with that kind of ability you know
0: yeah it's uh it's fucked up that, yeah. <laughs> the fact that, they, that they can't work the shit out between the the, the two shows
1: yeah. or
0: between the the multiple studios whatever it may be that 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 it is
1: they'd make a trillion dollars
0: <laughs> well yeah and the thing is but the problem is they want to make a trillion dollars on their own they don't and they're like well you can make half a trillion no. No, I don't I don't want to Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Man down I'm try I'm trying to like I, I was trying to be sneaky and go back to the kitchen and get another beer and open it and walk uh. around with my iPad.
1: But yeah. <laughs> it fell. Oops. Fantastic stupidness. This 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 is why this is
0: why me and my buddies had the show called shit strong time comics (laughs) which it's a thing you're not usually this jovial
1: when you're recording the show
0: (laughs) no i mean this 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 is more fun i get to sit back and bullshit this is the kind of stuff that if people are smart enough to come to conventions where we're going to be at this is the kind of fun that they can have in a conversation with us
1: absolutely this
0: this is how i am all the time this is how my buddies are you know i mean and, and, and big shout out to you know Kevin and Tony and Matt too, which they're they're off doing their own thing tonight. This was just kind of a hey let's let's yeah. sit around and bullshit and talk you know because um, I've been wanting to get back on your show for a while, and it's just it's hard to uh to work out schedules with the guys, so I'm like, screw it, let's do this yeah, you know
1: yeah. it's awesome it, but it's impressive that you guys can actually get all your asses together once a week and uh, you Dude, guys are the t- perfect mix you guys have I've said it before you're unprofessionally professional. <laughs>
0: I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, I, and I'll admit, it, it's it's a lot of work. It really is a lot well, of work yep. for us to do what we do, but we love it. Yep. You know, and everybody kind of has their own job. You know, and everybody's got their own little thing that they do behind the scenes, and you know, it's some people are more on the technical side, some people are more on the on the upfront, you know, kind of sales promotion side. Uh, you know, it, it's just everybody's got their own little thing. And uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun, and it's rewarding. I mean, I'm not going to lie. We started this whole thing with the idea that maybe we get free comics and get into conventions for free.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, that, that was because it started. I, I Have you heard our story, how we started? Have I told you this before?
1: I'm pretty sure, but go ahead and refresh our memories.
0: It was more or less I moved from my hometown, well, adult hometown, I guess you'll say. It's not where I grew up, but... Grand Rapids, Michigan. I moved an hour south to a town called Kalamazoo. And yes, there is actually a town called (laughs) Kalamazoo.
1: Kalamazoo.
0: Yeah, and so I moved down there for for a job. It was a job opportunity I couldn't pass up. And I'm like, I'm not paying for cable. Like, I'm not going to pay for cable for one person. It's stupid. Cable's way too expensive. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, well, I'm bored. Um, So I started listening to podcasts. And I'm like, I'm going to find some comic podcasts because, you know, I only have so many people that I can talk to it about. I started listening to comic book podcasts. And after about six, eight months, one night I'm sitting there at the bar with Tony and we're talking comic books and stuff. And, and I go home like a couple nights later, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, why the fuck are we not recording our conversations? Because <laughs> realistically what we're talking about isn't much different from what a lot of the other podcasts are out there are doing. But we have a lot of fun with it, whereas a lot of times it gets really technical, or they just talk about just the story, but they don't talk about the actual creation of the comic book. And I'm like, what? Dude, let's just give this a shot. People listen to dumber shit. So, <laughs> so we, we looked at what it was going to take to do it, and uh, yeah, we, we started. We created a Twitter account and a Facebook account. Um before we even started recording.
1: Yeah, but, that's nice. You got you just got to set yourself up to come right out of the gate, you know? Yeah. yeah. Got
0: everything set, and then we're like, all right, well, what are we going to need to record? You know, Tony and I were, were first on board. He's like, well, I think my brother would like to do it. I'm like, let him know. I'm like, I think we should get Kevin involved, and he knew Kevin, was friends with Kevin. He's like, I think that'd be great. And so I called Kevin, and Kevin's like, I'm not reading anything current. I'm like, that doesn't matter. Just come on. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> Which has now, been a
1: happy side effect because it's gotten him reading more than he had in a long time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: I, well, happy for for him. Happy for us. I don't know necessarily if it's as happy for the fiance. i <laughs> I just. I don't know. Like yeah. she she could be totally happy with that. But she actually came with us to Motor City last year and had a blast.
1: Well, there you go. That's good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah.
0: But she actually she's into a lot of the 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 sci-fi comic you know stuff. So. She's cool with it but you know it's kind of like a but it's a commitment you know I mean you get you get three or four guys together every single week where you've got roughly 45 minutes to an hour of pre-show prep you've got an hour of actual recording time you've got a little bit of time afterwards to wrap things up you know you're asking you know guys with families and their own lives to to sit down every single week and take that that chunk of their day every weekend out oh yeah automatic
1: it's dedication. You know. It's a. It's definitely a. You know, you you have to do it for the love of it because there's no other reason to.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, and, and I'll be I'll be honest. I mean, our goal for free comics. Um, you know, we've gotten some free stuff, and we get a lot. Actually, we get a lot of submissions. Really, for for people to review stuff. You know, and and most of it's small time, but you know, um, independent publishers. But occasionally, you run across stuff like Tart.
1: Yeah. You know, from, oh from, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kevin
0: Joseph and and, and Ludovic yeah. which both you and I love. Occasionally you get something like that that comes across your your desk and you're like, "God, this is gorgeous and beautiful."
1: Yeah.
0: And you know, and of course, you get something like that for free and then me cuz I I feel I feel an obligation and, and a duty as somebody who loves comics to support that. I went out instantly and and I just the only question is what platform I was going to pay for on his Kickstarter because I was yeah. buying that damn book,
1: <laughs> yeah. you know.
0: But you know, it, it's it's cool. You know, we are able to now get into some shows as as press. Um, so you know, it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun doing this. And actually, you are going to be uh, guest starring at Motor City Comic Con.
1: You're making the announcement then as you speak. I uh, I didn't want to go ahead and spill the beans at all, so I've been uh, keeping it to myself. <laughs> but, uh, well, you just, you know, you want to make sure it's still a little bit out there. But uh, I, I believe I, ha- I have mentioned that, uh, yeah, I'm getting in my car and uh, heading over the river down to Michigan and uh, going to be having some good times with these good fellas. Can't yeah. wait for that.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, and, and for people that, that are going to be down there, um, now, Myself and the rest of the boys from Dark on Comics, we will have a booth set up there somewhere in the artist alley area. I don't know where. I'm uh, crossing my fingers that will be like placed directly between or across from uh, Stegman.
1: This is Ryan Stegman, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon.
0: Uh, Ryan Stegman, Mark Wade, and Chris Claremont. You know,
1: no. maybe Jerry
0: Conway <laughs> just just kind of put me right in the middle of all of them.
1: Um,
0: I so Motor City, if you're listening, uh, please. <laughs> um, I don't know where we're gonna end up. I really don't care. It's a blast. Okay, uh, we exhibited yeah. there last year for the first time, and but
1: this is the uh, 25th
0: anniversary this year. It is, yeah. yeah. They they've got a hell of a lineup. Um, and people that listen to our show hear me plug them every week, but. If you want to look at the guest list they have so far, go to www.motorcitycomiccon.com, and it's uh, May 16th through 18th in Novi, Michigan, at the Suburban Collection Showplace. Can you tell I've said that a few times?
1: <laughs> it's just rolling off the tongue. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, dude, I, we, we did it last year for them, too. I mean, like, we're happy to promote for them because they're great people. It's yeah. a great show. Of course. Um, you know, last year they had over 30,000 people walk through their door. Yeah, that's awesome. Which, that's... that's That's a huge thing, which if you look three, four years ago, they were maybe in the the upper teens. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, they just exploded. Um, Should should we go through guest lists?
1: Um, We should, but let me – I have a perfect segue into the guest lists because I had a question that I wanted you to ask, and then we can talk a little bit about Claremont. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. So – the, recently the trailer was released, a new trailer for X-Men Days of Future Past, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I had a little bit of a nerd boner over that one.
1: I'm so thrown off by this. I mentioned I'm, I'm really thrown off by people's excitement. It's just, I don't know, it must be my own thing, but I've, I have issues. But it doesn't have anything to do with my question, which is <laughs> apparently you can see in this trailer that Kitty Pride has the power to send people back via whatever power to the past. Uh, okay. How was it in the comic book? How did, who went in, back and how In in the comic book,
0: it was um, in the comic, in the comic book. Oh, it's been a while now. This is, uh, this is X-Men 141 and 142. And actually 142 is where it officially became uncanny X-Men. But in the comic book, Kitty pride went back in time, but she went back she was an adult. She went back into her, her mind went back into her, her younger body and to, to set it. Now in this one, they're using Wolverine, which it makes sense from a cinematic standpoint because of the fact that this is X-Men first class. It Kitty Pride wouldn't even been born in the seventies based on when, you know, yeah. she appeared in uh, X three, but in the book, I don't, it, she didn't have the power. They used technology, I think, made by Forge, if I'm remembering correctly, okay. to send her mind back. Yeah. And so I don't know what the power to be able to send uh, Logan's mind back in time into his old body is, is going to yeah.
1: be. It's going to be really interesting. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that was just one thing I heard a lot of point people make a point about, and uh, I kind of noticed myself, was uh, there's a scene where she's sending Bishop back. And, uh, she's, you know, people are like, "What is that like a mutation or something? I was like, Oh, here goes the internet. Now things are just going to start rolling, you know?
0: Well, and actually one of the things that I'm really excited about, um, is that at Motor City, which here's, here's part of a segue, by the way. Yeah. Um, at Motor City, there are three people in particular that are already on the guest list. Uh, Mike McCone, Mark McKenna and Jim Calfiore. All three, which worked on The Exiles, which, if, anyb- if anybody's not familiar with The Exiles, it was kind of a um, time-space-continuum-jumping band of mutants that were from alternate universes, Blink being one of them. Okay. The main one, who she is now in this, uh, in, in the new Days of Futures Past movie. But they all had a hand in her character developing... After the whole Age of Apocalypse thing, which happened in the comics, where she showed up, people fell in love with her. There was a four-issue miniseries, and people are going, you need to fucking do something with this character. So they made The Exiles, which was a great, great series. A um, lot of fun. It's, it's It was almost like an ongoing what-if, you know, if you can kind of imagine that.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, yeah.
0: But yeah, it's, uh, so I'm actually really looking forward to talking to those chaps. And seeing, hey, what's it like seeing, you know, somebody that you had such a huge hand in, you know, her character development now being seen on screen? Yeah. You it's, know, uh, uh,
1: it's always a neat thing to see. Well, that's I, I think that's something I was really honored enough to be able to ask Mike Migno- Mignola. Hi, this is Mike Mignola, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. Uh, when uh, I got a chance to talk to him, was like, what's it like? Hellboy's... There he is, you know. He's you can hear him, see him, touch him and he just had Dude, he
0: looked Dude, Ron
1: Perlman yeah. looked so good as Hellboy. Yeah. He it was real yeah, his yeah, that was that was like a perfect putting together of things. Which brings us to the segue that yes, Mr. Claremont as we said will be at Motor City Comic-Con. Um Yeah. <laughs> and let's give a brief overview for people who may not be super familiar with how relevant he is to the X-Men cuz He's pretty much given. He pretty much gave us the X Men that my generation knows as their X Men.
0: Yeah. Well, and and um, I will say this to him without any problem. I blame him for me being the nerd that I am. Pretty much. Because, yeah. I mean, he did. It was 17 straight years writing the X Men. 17.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: you know, he he started at. at Uh, giant size X-Men, which then on on the ongoing series, uh, the next issue would have been issue 93, um, 93, I believe if I'm correct, it's 93 or 94. Sorry. I've, I've I've had a few tonight. Uh, (laughs) but, but yeah, he, uh, damn it. It's gotta be 94, 93 doesn't sound right, but regardless, um, the purists will, will tag and and, and comment on this one and, and make sure that you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, seventeen years. I mean, you know, he's the guy that created the team of Cyclops and Storm and Nightcrawler and Wolverine. Um, who the hell else am I forgetting in here? Uh,
1: Colossus. Colossus. Yeah. 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 I yeah. mean that that
0: that team basically more or less the uh, the the animated series team.
1: More or less. Yeah. Yeah. You know. For I sure. Mean, Wait, which debuted, I believe, Giant Size X-Men number one was when this really yep, came together. Yeah,
0: yeah, that that's one of those holy grail comics that I would love to
1: have. Really, I have that. <laughs> I fucking hate you. Do you really? Um, yeah, I have that. You don't have that? That's not a crazy expensive comic or anything. In good condition, it is. Mine's not like mint, but it's not like falling apart. But uh, it's
0: yeah. Too- I w- I want to say I want to say like a, a, a near mint minus is still probably
1: $1,800, eighteen hundred two grand. Maybe I'm thinking wrong. Maybe I have a second printing or something. Because I I know I have it, but uh, maybe it's uh, it might be a second printing or something. Because I did not pay anything <laughs> near that for it. So I bet you it's a second printing or something.
0: Yeah, I mean like because I I have uh, damn it, you're gonna make me look at my 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 freaking. Uh... <laughs> At my list, because it's bothering me now, this whole, is it issue
1: 94? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, hold on I, one sec. I'm going to grab my Xbox. Hold on.
0: It's 94. And now, kids, while he's away from the microphone, this is where you hear the bat signal come in.
1: Sorry about that, kids.
0: But yeah, it's issue 94. And uh, I want to say that, I mean I've got a copy that's probably somewhere in the eight range. Okay. And I think I still dropped you know, at least three digits on that.
1: Jesus. It's but a, it could be an insane industry, eh? It's uh... What what's
0: what's your most valuable comic as far as the industry is concerned?
1: My most valuable comic, uh, I don't even I can't even find that one. I know I've got something of it somewhere. Uh, from what I know, it'd be uh, Wolverine number one. The, uh... the
0: the Frank Miller.
1: Is it the Frank
0: Miller? Yeah, the, the the original miniseries.
1: The the finger one, where he's he's like this, you know. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, yeah. people at home can't see you, but it's, he's back. Oh in yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that'd be the Frank Miller. Do you know that issue three of that was the first comic that I ever bought with my own money really yeah that seems a little late for you though no i was 10 really yeah well i'm now i i been i'd had other comics purchased for me okay as, as a kid but that was the first one with my own money you know like money that i'd earned like doing chores like because well i didn't get an allowance oh no, no. okay no no like you, you just you did shit because that's what you had to do but my parents, you know, my dad started traveling more and more. And so my parents are like, okay, you got your regular chores. If you would like to do more, yes, that's that's the Frank Miller. Um, if you'd like to do more, basically they're like, all right, if you want to wash the dishes, you can have. you'll get a quarter. You know? Yeah, yeah. You want to unload the dishwasher, you'll get a quarter. So, like, I would do little extra things here and there just to get a couple extra bucks. And I remember I went down and I bought issue three uh, with my own money. And that was the first comic I'd ever actually had my own money. And it was this seedy little comic shop in the tiny little town that I lived in.
1: That's how so it like, was back then. Yeah. They were all like little strip malls or
0: something. Oh no. This, well, okay. I grew up in a small town, small, small town. We're talking 7,000 people.
1: Oh, that's yeah. tiny. Jeez. Yeah.
0: Um, and, now I graduated with 181 kids in my class, but that's because they bust them in from the entire county. <laughs> but yeah, it was a uh, it was this tiny little shop that was like underneath this this hotel in town, and it's one of these hotels where it's like they don't normally rent by the night; it's by the week or the month kind of thing. Yeah, it's like one of those creepy places, and uh, yeah. But, yeah, it was just this weird little shop, and we went down there. And the guy also gave me a copy of Firestorm Number 1 from D.C., The Fury of the Firestorm. Yeah, yeah. And he gave it to me because he's like, hey, here. He was smart. Here, kid, have a free comic book. You're hooked. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I read that book a ton of times. I went back and looked. It's worth a couple bucks, but, you know, I was 10. Yeah. You know, you, you didn't think about keeping it pristine. It was the story. That had the value, not the condition of the comic.
1: Absolutely. And And that,
0: that is the key to me
1: mm-hmm. about
0: comic books. It is the story that has the value. I understand condition, and I keep mine as pristine as possible. But if the story has no value, I don't care how pristine your fucking comic book is. Yeah. It's worth
1: nothing. Well, you bring me to a good point here, then, because, uh, sorry, I did find that thing, and it's totally like a reprinting from, like, years later. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, it totally was because I knew I, I didn't have the, the nice one, but I had to find that. But here's my dilemma. Okay, uh, I had my first kind of weird geek boy Star Wars debate on Twitter. <laughs> Ooh. And normally I don't get into these because it was it was so just fanboy silly. But uh, someone had posed the question about something about the ex- the expanded universe, and what I did is I commented that. Here's to set it up. The Sith homeworld in Star Wars is known as Korriban.
0: I I heard you bitching about this a little bit the mm-hmm. other uh, again on a recent uh recent cast.
1: Now they have in the recent uh, Netflix released last season of the Clone Wars CGI animated cartoon they have changed things to where it's called Morbon, and it's a whole different kind of setup. So. This changes decades and decades of canon. Basically, changes a couple long boxes worth to me of <laughs> Star Wars storyline here. Now, well, what do you do? Because they renamed it. Well, this just basically tells me that with what they're going to do with the movies, pretty much most of the expanded universe, I think, is going to get wiped out. It's not going to be canon anymore. But There's the gonna...
0: expanded universe, in my opinion, was never canon to start with.
1: Well, okay, well. Most have considered it – Star Wars fans have considered it canon. It's been what we've had, and it's been what we've gone with, right? So people take it pretty serious. Okay? (laughs) Well, this is 20 years of comic books, man. I mean, this is – I know. know, This is good stories and things that people have gotten really attached to. They've read for years, which is – I'm not even that upset if things get changed. But here's where my dilemma lies. These – I have tons of Dark Horse Star Wars comic books, which I enjoy – but I have to admit, aren't as close to my heart if I find out they're not what really happened.
0: Alright. So so this leads me to two things. One, I have described you multiple times as my alternate universe brother. <laughs> I drink beer and talk comic books. You smoke weed and talk Star Wars. I don't know if they're and, and we podcast. Yes. So you you are literally like, you know. <laughs> You're my Days of Futures Past, Age of Apocalypse, clone, whatever you want to call it.
1: <laughs> I am Meta Derek. Yeah. <laughs> Bizarro
0: Derek. And, and vice versa. <laughs> you know. And, and technically, it's probably I'm your clone because you actually started podcasting before I did. Little so, bit. you know, so, but with that said, this hopefully will help. I, you felt, you fell in love with Star Wars because of the movies, correct
1: uh yes first of all yes 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 okay the comics the
0: books and all that they were all secondary um the the movies are first because that is what everything else is based off
1: that's where it it came from yes right
0: yes now as an x-men fan i fell in love with the comic books and that's where it all started Then there was an animated series, and then there were movies. The animated series and the movies, no matter how much they try and take from the comics, and could still be an add-on to the comic, they're not the same thing. The heart is in the comics, so for you, the heart has to be in the movies and you you gotta look maybe at some of the the expanded universe as a what if,
1: yeah, or, or like a rough guideline that maybe hopefully because there's been just so many years of people's hard work put into it, but you're kind of got the nail on the head because yes, because everything that stems from the movies are canon. These new movies will be what happened, not what happened in these books. So. Do I sell them? Do I keep them because they're nice? Or you know what I mean? Like
0: well, now there is one exception to the whole rule, um, because comics can kind of rewrite themselves if they have to. They'll be like, "Oh, time stream continuum. Oops." <laughs> you know. So the one rule with with this is you can kind of go well in the future. Sometimes maybe they'll retcon this, and all of that will be correct. Um, but as far as the movies, I still prefer to believe that Jar Jar Binks didn't happen. You
1: okay. know? <laughs> He's like, kind of an extremely necessary plot point, but sure.
0: <laughs> he was a plot point, but he didn't have the role in the movie, in my mind, that he actually did. Yeah, okay. I, just, I choose to believe what I want to believe. <laughs> That's okay. It's, it's a, it's a lot easier It's that open
1: way. to your own personal interpretation. That's the beautiful thing about it. You know? Well, yeah.
0: I mean, otherwise it gets a little creepy. You're like, yeah. wow, brother and sister are making out. Uh,
1: yeah, what's happening there? Yeah, that's, that's not comfortable. Well, here's the thing. What I could do is if I – because I'm about the story. What I will do is still pay serious attention to whatever new Marvel comics come out that are Star Wars. That's what I will still consider to be the yeah. chronological order. So that makes me almost tempted to take my entire – dark maybe not the entire there's probably a lot of keep out but there is probably a good chunk like like the legacy basically anything that the movie would be replacing like the afterwards stuff mm-hmm. i could go sell that or trade that for so many batman comics you know so or saga or, or saga with archie yeah see or daredevil i think that may end up happening because i'm i am a i'm a stickler for chronology it's my favorite thing about it like even though you're right it came the heart came from the or you know original source being the movies but for me it's not I don't I'm not in love with the movies as much as some people are it's kind of blasphemy blasphemy to say but I don't think they're that much better than the prequels I mean they're not good movies they're not you know what I mean there's so much nostalgia attached in so many reasons yeah yep, they were groundbreaking and and beautiful this this and that but for me it's always been about the Jedi. That's why I got into the comics. I was like, I need to know where they came from, who they are, where they went. I need to know everything. And that is what got me into the Star Wars comics. My,
0: okay. Now, now you being a Star Wars fan, I am sure you've seen these. My favorite meme of all time, the Star Wars memes, is the one where you have Sir Alec Guinness standing there as Obi-Wan. And uh, I, I'm I'm gonna find it. And it's he's got that serious look. He goes, "Now that's a name I haven't heard since I threw your dad into a volcano and cut off his legs." <laughs> that is my favorite meme of all time.
1: I have seen that. That is a good one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There, there are some really good ones, and actually, I found one. And actually, I I, w- I will probably be posting this. I'm gonna try and see if I can get you to see this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw that the other day, too.
0: It's it's Luke on top of his Tauntaun, and the little speech balloon coming out of the Tauntaun says, I want you inside me. <laughs> that, like, I fucking love that shit. <laughs>
1: yeah, there's some smart people out there. They do yeah, <laughs> smart, Smarter
0: than me, or at least more sober,
1: you know. Uh, another very exciting uh, person who's going to be attending Motor City Comic Con Oh, besides Uh, you and me. Well, besides us, of course. Yes. Yeah, we'll we'll let this guy tag along if he feels so. But uh, John Barrowman,
0: of Doctor Who
1: Torchwood fame.
0: Explain to me, John Barrowman, please.
1: John Barrowman uh, is a super fan favorite because he is an obvious and genuine fan himself, right from the get go. uh, Since he got, he's also got a really interesting quirk about him where he is in real life a bisexual male who on tv played a bisexual character
0: which you don't normally meet that many bisexual people
1: really really weird it's a really I, it was a really weird element to to that season and those few seasons of doctor who that really threw an interesting little twist on things in there that were just compounded by the fact that this guy in real life is a retardedly huge Doctor Who fan who's who's pretty much the same way. Do you know what I mean?
0: That that's actually uh, very well. Yeah, I, like I noticed on Motor City's uh, Facebook page how many like likes and shares he was getting. I'm like, I've never heard of this guy. Yeah, but you know, like I'm just now starting to try and learn about uh, who who the who's yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah it's uh
1: yeah it's a so, process don't just don't put any pressure on yourself just enjoy it when you have the time man yeah you
0: know now that well in and, and motor city does a good job i think of bringing some some good quality media guests mm-hmm. in as well as a, a lot of really solid uh comic guests media side off the top of my head the ones that i'm excited for um well okay i'll give their big their big name is shatner Big name. Um, okay. You know, I, I mean, like, for me, yeah. Like, it'd be kind of neat to see him in person. But I'm like, I don't know what I'd talk to him about. I'm like, hey, so, uh, you know, those Priceline commercials, Kaylee Kuoko, she's pretty hot. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, that's I'm more interested in, like, finding out about her from him than I am about talking Star Trek.
1: I'd just talk Canada with him. I'd be like, hey, man. Yeah, he, actually, no, we, we sent
0: I want to try and get that dude drunk and take him to sing karaoke. That's <laughs> that's what that's that's actually my goal. You can get uh, him to talk karaoke. <laughs> hey Bill, let's 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 go do some karaoke. I'm buying drinks. You know, that would be just awesome. Uh, but yeah, so he's he's one of the big names. Um, I can't remember the actor's name, but he played Shane. In The Walking Dead,
1: Uh, Josh Bernthal. I hope I'm
0: yeah. Bernthal or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, I hope I'm pronouncing
1: that correct. Yep.
0: Yep. Uh, They got him, Um, and then the the ones that I'm excited for: Joey Lauren Adams. Yeah. From uh, Chasing Amy. Yeah. All rats, fame and uh, oven
1: of forty five. Sorry, no, that wasn't her. That was Renee Zellweger. That's where I first discovered Renee Zellweger. That I liked. I don't know if you've ever heard of that movie classic 90s movie with gil bellows and love in a 45 it's almost like a cheap man's true romance ripoff and it's called love in a 45 and if anyone could find that it's one of those cool alternative 90s movies that came out after everybody wanted to be tarantino you know
0: yeah well oh fuck tarantino don't start me on that one
1: yeah
0: (laughs) fuck you um but yeah she's gonna be there um Billy Zabka. So for people that are not old school, but are up on their how I met your mother. He's had some guest appearances recently on that show, apparently, but I'm more excited about the fact that he played Johnny Lawrence in the original karate kid movie. Yeah. The the bad guy, yeah. if you will
1: sweep the leg, the... Johnny.
0: <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> a problem with that Mr. Lawrence, no sensei yeah, <laughs> I fucking love that movie. I'm super excited about that. Um, other '80s movie pop icon uh, Andrew McCarthy,
1: which is awesome. Weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at Bernie's,
0: <laughs> Mannequin, Rat Pack. St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah. Um. Got, oh, Less Than Zero. Did you ever see that movie?
1: Ah, uh, it's too long ago to remember. And I was. Less yeah, Than Zero yeah. had
0: him, Jamie Gertz, and Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. was addicted to coke. They were yes. all like, right out of high school, yeah. rich kids going to college. Oh my god! I mean, just breaks your like just. just terribly sad movie <laughs> so good um but yeah he's he is fantastic i can't wait to actually see him there um media side i think those are the ones that i'm i'm, I'm big on
1: yeah
0: um but they got uh christina Loken who was in uh blood rain and terminator 3 they and I'm, I'm just trying to remember who else she's they got.
1: she's canadian i believe
0: Oh, so you got an in.
1: If I'm correct, I believe she is. Yeah, the Black uh, girl, right?
0: Yeah. 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 Uh Drea DiMatteo De- De from Sons of Anarchy and The Sopranos. hmm Is gonna be there. And then um Oh Carl Urban.
1: Oh, he's gonna be there?
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah. Guy <laughs> who played uh Dread in the new uh Judge Dredd movie and he was Bones on the Star Trek movie.
1: Yeah, Lord of the Rings. Yeah.
0: yeah, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, so, like, he's going to be there. Um, they, they got a lot more, uh, like, the, the other kind of fun, like, I would say kind of off-key celebrities, like the people that are kind of the more niche market. Yeah. Not that Billy Zabka isn't one of those, but he fits my niche, so that's all that I care. <laughs> um, But they got, like, Burt Young from the Rocky movies. The guy oh, that that's Pauly.
1: right, Uncle Paulie. Hey, P- yeah. Paulie. Yo, yo, Paulie. Paul. Hey. yeah, Take it easy, Paulie. You know
0: they they got him. They got the guy that was. They got one of the guys that was in airplane. They got Don Wells, who was Marianne on uh, on Gilgan's Island, which she's a, she's
1: a regular on the circuit. <laughs> dude,
0: she is a sweetheart. Oh yeah. Have I, you ever have you ever met her?
1: No, yeah. but I've I've heard and seen and yeah, she's one of those obviously sweet people. Yeah. This was
0: five six years ago at the after party at Motor City when when Motor City was obviously smaller than it is now, and it was it, at this hotel. It was, it was like a double tree. I mean, it's not like anything, like even like a big hotel at the time or anything. But everybody's just kind of milling around, hanging out. And I have my Grand Rapids Griffins jersey on because the boys were playing that night. And when they play and they're at home, I wear my jersey whether I can be there or not. It doesn't fucking matter. They're my boys. I'm supporting them. I got my jersey on. And Dawn walks up to me out of the bush. She goes, and she grabs me my jersey. She goes, who do you play hockey for? <laughs> I go, well, no, I don't play hockey. I'm just a fan. And she just starts in this whole thing. She goes, you know, out in L.A., she goes, I have this friend. who takes me to hockey games all the time. She goes, I really don't know what's going on, but I love him. I sit there and I have a couple of drinks. And, oh, my God, the puck's going so fast. And then they punch each other. It's the best game I've ever seen. And she's just mile a minute. Awesome lady. So sweet and so, I mean, I would guess she's she's got to be in her 70s.
1: Oh yeah, definitely up there by now. Absolutely Absolutely
0: beautiful. Still oh, yeah. to this day. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful to this to this day. And and I'm like, You're one of the coolest ladies I've ever met in my life. And I sat there and talked to her for probably twenty, thirty minutes. Yeah. Just shooting the shit.
1: Some of she- them are so nice and they're so comfy, some of them too, when they're there, you know. They're used yeah. to fans. Like if you heard you I think you listened to the Toronto Comic Con last episode and I think me and Sean were talking about uh Henry Winkler. Oh, and, I want to meet him so. Oh, yeah, a few years back at Fan Expo, what they have every year is they have a, a like a Hollywood stars guest of honor type thing, where it's usually like a 70s or 80s TV pop icon. They have as like a special guest kind of thing, right? Yeah. And the one year it was uh, it was Henry Winkler, and. First we were just mentioning on his hobbit-like stature cuz the guy's like 3 feet tall. He's yeah, really I've heard that, Which is yeah. weird
0: cuz like I I've, I've heard it multiple times I see him on TV and I'm like it's not that short. Yeah. But like it doesn't matter. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, he didn't sit down once. Hardly did you see him behind his table. He was up taking pictures, talking, shaking hands, just just the life of the party. Giant smile on his face having a great old time, you know. And just after so many years of that, it's it's amazing them to <laughs> still show appreciation like they do. And be open and be there for their fans, you know? It yeah, was That's, uh, that's yeah. one
0: of the nice things I like about Motor City. I mean, yeah, 30-plus thousand attendees is a pretty damn good-sized show. Oh, yeah. And it gets packed. But, you know, that show, for whatever reason, the people that attend are more often than not like, well, I'm sorry, the the guests that are there more often than not are actually willing to actually interact with the people as much as they can compared to some of the other shows I've been to where it's, you get to some of the other shows bigger or smaller. They're like production line, keep moving, keep moving. Thank you for your money. Yeah. 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 But that show. mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of the reasons I love it so much.
1: It's fun to see a lot of the guests nowadays When you'll see their interviews on TV when they're doing actually like a TV station press. And you can just tell it it may be like, you know, they're new at cons, like they're on some new big show. Like you saw it a lot with like Josh Bernthal and stuff when Walking Dead got big. And these people have no idea what they're in for. And they know they're going to a big Comic-Con and lots of fans, but they have no idea how much adoration they're going to be showered with. Yeah, three days straight that it's just must be the most humbling, like either humbling or most (laughs) ego building experience you could have, you know, but most of them, a lot of them, you just see them genuinely humble about the situation. Like I had no idea how much, you know, you you don't really see the love until you meet these people.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and, and it's, it's funny because, um, last year, you know, for the, uh, for, for the people, that are Walking Dead fans. Um, you, you've got the Daryl Dixon, you know from from the Walking Dead. Um, what, what the hell's his name? I'm blanking here.
1: Um, what's his name? Uh yeah, I'm blanking too? <laughs> Holy crap! Uh,
0: Norman Reedus. Yes. There we of go. Course. Wow. So so Norman was at Motor City last year.
1: I think we just officially reached Hollywood Babylon status. Well, I don't know if anyone should... out there listens to that show. They know exactly what I mean.
0: You, you know, what's funny. I just heard about Hollywood Babylon, uh, earlier this week.
1: Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Haven't I ever told you about it? No, it's my favorite podcast on the internet. Second favorite. Of course. Of course. I apologize. <laughs> It's uh, But no, it's it's really honestly, as far as entertainment goes, whether it be TV, movies, anything of, of of in a seven day period, of anything that is going to give me the most pure utter entertainment, it's gonna be Hollywood Babylon. I know it. I can look forward to it every Monday. It's that fucking funny. It's unreal. Right, it's so, a stoner so, and a drunk being as funny as you can imagine.
0: Here's here's a here's a little uh, insider news because I'll be recording this tomorrow with with my boys. Um, AMC is actually looking at doing a weekly nighttime series with Kevin Smith, more or less based on Hollywood Babylon,
1: which is
0: how I first heard about it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I mean, like, I I pay attention to what's going on in the comic industry. And, yes, I know I'm a podcaster, but I don't pay attention to the podcast industry for as terrible as that
1: is. Well, see, there's only two podcasts that, honestly, it hurts me that you don't listen to because – I think at least a couple of episodes I could pick out of two shows that I think you would just so genuinely enjoy, Derek. And number one is any episode of Hollywood Babylon. Yeah, it's just it's entertainment with a stoner and a drunk, and you know it's it's just so utterly just pure entertainment. It's just so, positive crap greatness. It's basically what we're doing right now. Yeah, but it's <laughs> no, they're more structured. Almost like you guys would be structured. They have their segments. You know, they yeah. have, you know, they do the whole show is segments, but it's it's just the most ridiculous shit you've ever heard. The second is a couple episodes of Fat Man on Batman,
0: which that I've heard of, um, but I'm not a Batman guy.
1: No, that's why I'm saying only a couple. OK, yeah, if there's one that I would want you to hear. Uh, sorry, there's three. There's three I would want you to hear. Number one is uh, Neil Adams. Okay. And that's just great as a general fan. Like, yeah, they talk Batman, but it's it's way more than just Batman. The stories he tells, and you obviously, you know, most people, if you don't know, you should know what at Neil Adams means to the comic book industry as a whole, never mind, you know, just what he's put on paper. This guy's changed some shit. And his Siegel, Schuster stories and such are just any comic book fan really needs to hear this. Uh, number two is the guy who's doing the documentary on Bill Finger, Okay. Uh, who is the uh, unknown co-creator of Batman. He's the uncredited unknown co-creator of Batman. And he, like uh, Claremont, spent like 20, 30 years on Batman, created pretty much 90% of what the Batman floor is. No, I'm just saying, you know how you were saying Claremont did 17 years? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this guy's like that, like spent that much time. But it was the very beginning of Batman. And this guy invented the Joker and like a billion fucking things. He basically gave you 90% of the Batman universe and never got credit, never got anything. So that's an interesting episode. And right now, the last, it was a three-parter that just came out. And uh, it's uh, Danny O'Neill. Sorry, Danny O'Neill oh yeah yeah and uh who's just an absolute legend too and he just goes on for three hours of old stanley stories and just absolute gold for any comic book fan so just those episodes i'd highly recommend you and anybody check out if you're a comic book fan it will leave you wanting more i guarantee you
0: speaking of stanley and this is this is a side note and then I'm actually going to um, have to leave you. Yeah, you're because... getting
1: yawny, but hey, that's okay. Well, we... no,
0: I'm not getting yawny. I'm running out of beer, and uh, the bar's <laughs> still open. Um, but, and trust me, I, I will be shutting the bar down. it's This is a late-night recording.
1: Yeah, we've but... been going for a while, too. So. Yeah, that's fine.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, you'll have a lot of shit to edit. Uh, so...
1: <laughs> I think, you know what, I think this has just been so much fun. We're slapping an intro-outro, and she's going up there. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, but... Did you see the Stan Lee playboy interview?
1: Um, recently.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, I actually, I bought the issue a week ago. Okay. I went into a gas station and had to feel like, feel like a filthy old pervert (laughs) because they got it back behind the counter. And I'm like, Uh,
1: um, I'm uh.
0: like, is that the current issue of playboy? Yeah. I'm like, God, I feel can you look on the front and see if that says there's a Stan Lee interview on there? She goes, Yeah, it is. I'm like, Yeah, give it to me. Like, <laughs> and they're eight dollars now.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're eight dollars. The last one I bought was uh with uh Ariani from UFC, the ring girl when she was on. Yeah, that know. was the last time I bought a Playboy, and I hadn't bought one in years, and I was like, This what do you mean, seven ninety five? What?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah Yeah, it was like it was like yeah, seven ninety nine or eight ninety nine. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?"
1: Damn, it was a yeah. good interview though.
0: It's worth the eight or nine dollars. <laughs> it is worth it. Nice for that interview. Yeah. Um, and, and literally, I opened it. I I read the interview. I looked at the naked chicks, and then uh, and I used to. I, well, I used to have a subscription in the magazine. I have zero problem with it. I just got bored with it because it was the same fucking magazine every month. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, but no, as a nerd, yeah, you should go read
1: it. Cool, I will. I'll track it yeah. down. Yeah, it,
0: it, it's really fun. I mean, like, he's like, goes, I don't have a fucking clue who Ultron is. <laughs> was like, that was after I was done writing. Yeah, like, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so much fun, and and it's it's cool because he kind of gives a little personal insight on the whole. And the reason I thought about this, not only did you mention the Stan Lee. But the whole Siegel and Schuster, you know, uh, like, creating um, Superman. or wait, wait, Siegel and Schuster, they did yeah, Superman? Yeah, yeah. Superman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But they didn't get credited for a while, but now whenever you see Superman, you see character created by Siegel and Schuster. Mm-hmm. Whereas the whole legal, like, cases for Jack Kirby and uh, Steve Ditko and all these other creators that were working for hire, it was Interesting to see where he goes, I don't get royalties on these characters either. Yeah. And he goes, People think that I do. He goes, I'm just a face for Marvel. He, yeah. Goes, yeah. he goes, I don't get royalties on him. He goes, but I created him. He goes, We did work for hire. And that was one of the most interesting things because you always hear about these people going, Well, Stan Lee, Stan Lee, Stan Lee. And I thought the same thing, and I went, Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Because I assumed. He was getting royalties, mm-hmm. but nope, he doesn't. Well, you got now it. the man's the man's made a shitload of money. Don't get oh. me wrong, All but right. he knew how to how to work his way into Marvel, how to make himself the face of Marvel. That's why he's making the money.
1: He also did kind of shape a lot of what Marvel became, as far as comic books, you know, being taken seriously. And well, he know, was he was their voice. Yeah, if he hadn't made Marvel what it is, it wouldn't have got big enough for him to. able to get anything off of you know right so i think there was a big difference in the way they ran things back in the day because a lot of these contract players you hear about from dc earlier than before marvel started that's when a lot of these messes came up you know and a lot of these really early on guys got really screwed over so but uh you know and
0: and, and i do feel terrible that these these guys that created characters Mm -hmm. aren't getting some kind of kickback um but, you know, it's – boy, I mean, it, it really does tear me down the middle because I think about it. It's like, you know, if I went and worked for Apple and I created a new iPad that you could just wave your finger over that you didn't have to touch, do I get the royalties for life or does Apple?
1: Yeah, that's uh... – You
0: know, and, and it's a work for hire thing. And it's it's tough I mean, because I want these creators – to have the money but at the same time as a guy that goes you know I do what I do and I work for another company and I agreed to make this much money on it man it it, it really is a moral dilemma
1: it's better yeah. now though at least you know they did they had to suffer for it but they did pave away I mean it's it's a much more respectable actually possible to earn a good living working in comics nowadays yeah but, yeah it's yeah, uh...
0: absolutely. Well, you know, and 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 it was it was a different world back in those days, in back in well, and back in the day, even twenty years ago, you know, you worked on smaller public uh, on on smaller publishers to try and cut your teeth to make it to DC or Marvel. Mm-hmm. Now, you try and work for Marvel to cut your teeth so that you can get your creator own book out
1: there. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. It's a different world, but. <laughs> Well, Jay... It is a my, good
1: world, though, yes.
0: My, my, my beer is getting empty here, sir.
1: That's that's terribly wrong. You need to uh, run down to your closest public house and uh, fill up your tap, you know?
0: Public house, is that some weird Canadian term for a bar?
1: Have you ever heard of a pub? Yeah. Pub comes from the old school English term for, term for public house. I'm American. I barely speak English as it is. Well, that's your lesson for the week, kids, that uh, the word <laughs> pub came from public house. Yeah, you know?
0: so, so uh... hey, uh, thank you for uh, letting me run rampant on your podcast. Anytime,
1: that's what an Elegant Weapon is all about. You guys can keep your goddamn buds or books and boozes and...
0: We we have structure, <laughs> I like, I like I structure, kid. but I love to be able to have a conversation like this every once in a while, and uh yeah, mm-hmm. it come May, we'll oh. be having... I mean,
1: It's going to be a crazy, crazy live situation, kids, in May when an Elegant Weapon invades Michigan and we head down to Motor City Comic Con. Hanging out with Drunk on Comics, who you can find at DrunkOnComics.com and on the Twitter at DrunkOnComics and on the Facebook at uh, DrunkOnComics. And on the Stitcher and on the iTunes. Yes, you are now on the Stitcher. Welcome to the Stitcher universe. But uh, Derek, yeah, as always, dude, always a pleasure. You're welcome by any time at all, and uh, I can't wait to actually shake your hand in May, my friend. Dude,
0: it's going to be a riot, and then uh, we're going to have crazy follow-up cross-pods come in August when Kevin and I cross the border. Yes. And uh, come up to, uh, is it Canada Fan Expo or Toronto Fan Expo?
1: It used to be Fan Expo. Well, it's Fan Expo Canada, and now I think it's staying that even though, yes, they have started uh, one in Calgary and Vancouver. So now there's Fan Expo Vancouver, Fan Expo Calgary, and Fan Expo Canada, which is Toronto. Yeah. So it is Fan Expo Canada, but I'd also like to just quickly say that last night it was confirmed that I will be attending the first inaugural year of a new con here called the GTA Comic Con. And that's happening at the Sheridan Center on uh, Dixon Road. Uh, very, it, sound, it sounds old school and fun. It's a first-year thing. Uh, I'll talk about it more on the next episode. But uh, when,
0: When's that happening?
1: That is happening uh, beginning – sorry, no. It's April 19th or something like that.
0: I okay. Think, that,
1: is that Easter weekend? Yes, I think it is Easter weekend.
0: Yeah, because the following weekend then will be C2E2.
1: Yes, which we also have, I believe, a few uh the POIs from the network are going to be there. Right now, Josh Haquez is at Emerald City Comic Con, which is happening oh, right now. Bastard. Yeah.
0: I'm so jealous about that.
1: Yeah. Dude, Boom was
0: having – oh, Boom Studios, which I love that in case you haven't figured out by now. <laughs> and, yes, I'm dragging this shit out, which I shouldn't. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, Boom Studios sent out a thing going, hey, Friday night come drink with us (laughs) at at Emerald city. they had this thing with this bar, like, you know, no RSVP, just everyone's invited. And, and I'm like, I fucking hate you guys (laughs) putting that out there. I'm like, seriously, like you're just teasing me now that I can't afford the plane ticket from Michigan to fucking Seattle for this thing.
1: Because, Really? Okay, kids, we got to let uh, Derek go fill up his pint before he gets, gonna get uh, he's going to get too angry at his bitterness for not being at, uh, Emerald City Con as we speak. But, uh, awesomeness. Go check out Drunk Hunt Comics. Derek, you're the coolest, buddy.
0: Hey, and, uh, keep listening to an elegant weapon because you're the coolest. <laughs>
1: Touche. That's all we got this week, kids. Take it easy. I was on Quaaludes. I don't even remember Oslo, but I remember Boston, and that victory was as sweet as the cream pie for which the town was named.